This episode is brought to you by Roster Up Media, your home for tangible insights on the NFL and fantasy football. For the hottest takes and deep dives on your favorite NFL teams, as well as daily and season-long fantasy football hacks, head to rosterupmedia.com. If you love football, you'll love Roster Up. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Jet Up Podcast, part of the Roster Up Media Podcast Network. I'm your host, James. Uh, and again, I am solo today. Ryan, our co-host, has been fairly busy lately uh, trying to get an additional master's degree. So uh, don't blame him for not being able to hop on and talk about one of the worst teams in football. I hope to have him back soon, though. I know we'll have him a lot more next season as well. Welcome back. I know if you're still here, you are truly a Jets fan because it is not easy to continue to listen to us talk and listen to other people put out information about uh, one of the worst teams in football right now, unfortunately. But hey, we're all fans here, uh, I think, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna stick around. We're gonna we're gonna finish this thing out for the rest of the season. So thanks for being with us. Uh, our first segment today is called the Roundup. Uh, where we're going to dive a little bit into a recap <clears throat> of the last couple weeks of New York Jets football. I'm kind of glad I didn't record last week after the Saints game because I think it would have just kind of been a, a lot of negativity. Um, had, Zach had his worst game of his career going 19 for 42 um, against uh, the Saints. That was not pretty. Uh, he was missing guys all over the map. And people who are even big Zach Wilson supporters, like guys that never say anything negative about him, started to question if he's the guy. And when you see that, you start to go, uh-oh. Even the the homers, even the guys that love him, um, <clears throat> they are they're the ones now also bringing in this, this question mark about him. But it has only been 10 games of football with Zach Wilson under center. So we're not going to write off somebody after 10 football games. At the same time, as a fan, it's hard, man. It's hard to watch Zach out there when he does not do well because we came off of a year where Sam Darnold really struggled right into a rookie year where he's struggling as well. Uh, Zach Wilson, that is. So it's just hard. It's hard. We didn't sort of have any buffer in there of a good season or a veteran quarterback. And um, so I think that's what makes it even worse is coming off of a guy who we thought was our franchise quarterback to a guy who we now think is our franchise quarterback, and they both struggled the last two years. So probably makes it a little bit harder even than it actually would be normally um, with a rookie. That being said, uh, Zach, you know, continues to be positive. I think, you know, one of the things that made me feel better um, was all the BYU fans on Twitter assured me that this is sort of just how it goes with Zach. In the beginning, he with BYU, he struggled a lot. Took him a lot of time to really grasp um, how to make the offense not just be head knowledge, but also turn it into you know second nature on the field. So I think Mike LaFour's offense is a tough one to run. It's a lot of uh, you know tough concepts, and you just have to basically be a really smart quarterback. So um, Zach, I think, is that. But being that you know it's his first season in the NFL and he's learning a tough offense, yeah, I think that's contributing a lot to his hesitation and. Um, some of the the issues he's been having lately with accuracy, because accuracy 
was definitely not something anyone was concerned about with Zach coming into this year um, based on his college production. So we're going to go ahead and just assume at this point that it's nerves, it's rookie nerves, it's thinking a little bit too much because the the offense is a little tough to run, um, you know, and just hoping that that's the case because what else do we have other than hope as Jets fans? Um, so we're not going to talk too much about the Saints game. Obviously, he struggled. Obviously, there was a ton of reactions to that game. Um, a lot of people were upset and felt like we we screwed it up again. But just I just want to preach caution. I was also someone who was very upset with that game. And yet, you know, I'm still not giving up on this kid. We're still going to give him time. You know, we're still going to hope that with a little bit better, you know, of a supporting cast going into next year, that he'll be better off, that he'll have more of a grasp on the offense, on the NFL speed, um, you know, and start to really turn into that quarterback we think he can be. At the same time, you know, I'm a little bit tired of seeing all of the reactions that are just always, you know, about his supporting cast. Yes, Zach does not have the most elite wide receivers and running backs in the NFL, but Sam Darnold definitely had a worse supporting cast. And I don't think anyone's going to fight me on that. He had Terrell Pryor, Elijah McGuire. These were the guys that were running out on the field with him. Um, Robbie Anderson, sort of the lone guy who was pretty, pretty good at football. Um, at this level. Um, but beyond that, Sam had worse people around him. So Zach is definitely in a better situation. The O-line is not quite as bad when they're all starting as some people think. You know, Joe Douglas has built a decent O-line. Um, I don't want to call it a great O-line, but they're, you know, b- sort of around that average. I think they were 17th in pass blocking as of last week. So when you see them and you go, oh, he needs an O-line, he needs this and that, it's probably more just that the backups are playing, uh, which has unfortunately been the case for us lately. With some injuries, um, we have backups in there at the O-line positions. And that's why it's looking a little bit worse, I think, than it should be. Now, another thing I want to caution Jets fans on is, you know, these things are not unique to the New York Jets. Yes, the Jets have a high injury rate compared to a lot of teams in the league, but there are teams in the league with more injuries than the Jets. And this happens every year um, where Jet fans especially will say, oh, well, you know, if he only had his starters, he's missing his starter here, he's missing his starter there. It makes an impact, no doubt in my mind, but it's going to happen. This is the NFL. These guys are extremely strong, extremely fast. They're going to be colliding at ridiculously, you know, uh, fast and and frequent frequent rates every single week. And guys are going to get hurt. It's going to happen. So we have to be used to this. It's, they got to be able to come out there and put out a competitive product regardless of who's you know, lining up each week. And, and we'll talk about this a little bit more as we you know, get into this podcast about what's ahead for Joe Douglas and, and actually making sure that that happens. But it really is on him to go and build quality depth so that when your guys do go down, you know, you're not rolling out David Montgomery at wide receiver that you have some depth there at wide receiver, you have some depth at O-line, um, guys that can actually go out and put out a competitive product. You see teams around the league, they lose a guy, they lose their starter, they lose two starters. They still have another guy who can go out there and make plays. So that's something we need to work on is quality depth. You know, depth chart, it's not just about having guys, it's about having guys that can actually play great football. All right. Against Miami, Zach Wilson sort of, in my opinion, I think he looked fine. You know, I was not really upset. I think it was encouraging to see him go out there. 
in the first half and make plays. He was extremely good at avoiding pressure and, and getting outside the pocket, making some of those sort of off-platform throws and things that we're excited about with him. And for you know, for most of the game, he wasn't missing the easy ones, which is something that I personally on this podcast said I want to challenge him not to miss the easy ones. And I think everyone's been saying that too. Um, but the, you know, this is one of those things where you need to make the easy throws, the open throws. And he did that against Miami. He came out, he didn't miss the open guys, you know, a couple balls sailed on him, but that's going to happen every game. No quarterback's going to go 30 for 30 every game or any game, I should say. So, you know, it's okay to miss on a few. I think he hit on most of them and he looked a little bit more comfortable at the same time. It was one of those games again, where it was just one half of football. The offense looked good. They came out firing on all cylinders, scored uh, a touchdown on the opening drive, scored three points after that. We're up 10 nothing. It's like, okay, I love this. We're coming out hot. We don't usually come out hot. We usually come out really slow. So it was encouraging to see that. I'm like, maybe we made some adjustments. We're going to come out hot. We're going to actually go and beat this Miami team. Then the second half comes around. We have a lead going into the second half, which is extremely rare if you know the Jets. And we come out and we just don't we just don't show up. We the offense doesn't get anything going, no rhythm. We don't make any plays in the second half. I think Zach was sacked like six times in the second half. Um, it's just not acceptable. You know, he a lot of a few of them were on him. He's holding the ball too long. But like I said on Twitter, I'm okay. Those are the things I'm okay with. Zach holding the ball a little too long. You know, misreading coverages here and there. That's rookie stuff. That's stuff that'll get cleaned up over time the more you get experience in the league. Stuff I said that I was not okay with, which was those easy throw misses, he did clean up. So for the most part, I was okay with the way the game went for Zach. Um, at the same time, I'd like to see him galvanize the unit a little bit more. You know, go and make those plays on third down that we need to make. Um, talk to his receivers, fire them up, get them knowing where they have to be on a third down or a fourth down. You know, we have guys running routes that are not beyond the sticks, and some of that's on the receivers, of course. Um, but, you know, an experienced quarterback, someone who is in the league for a while, you know, can correct that. He can say to his guys, look, you know, we have to be aware of situational football here, and I think um, that's something he'll continue to learn. So I'd just like to see a little bit more of that QB leadership coming out of him. And I know that'll happen in future years. I think, you know, some there was a little bit of that overblown reaction to one of his podium responses after the game uh, and the post-game interviews, um, one of the Jets beat reporters asked him, you know, sort of, you know, why has the offense been so bad since you've been back? They've averaged, you know, they average over 400 yards and, um, you know, however many points with the backup quarterbacks that played where you were hurt, Zach. Why are you averaging 250 yards and 16 points a game, you know, which is far below what those backups averaged? You know, and Zach kind of brushed it off and was like, I don't worry about that. And, you know, in some cases, it's like, okay, like he's just trying to say, you know, you could say he's trying to say that he's just thinking about the game. He's thinking about winning and losing. He's not thinking about, you know, what types of numbers they're putting up. But at the same time, numbers affect the score. You know, you have to recognize that putting up good numbers usually leads to wins. Um, putting up bad numbers typically leads to losses. Um, not always the case, but a lot of time that's true. And I think what the beat reporters were trying to say in their articles, which you know, use inflammatory headlines to get Jet fans all pissed off on Twitter. Um, you know, but th th what they're trying to say is like, you know, someone who's a leader at the position would step up and say, it's unacceptable. You know, I need to be better. 
you know, I need to hold myself at a higher standard. I need to be accountable for these things. There's no reason backup quarterbacks on this team should be outperforming me. And, you know, there's a multitude of reasons. You know, certain players are out. Um, you're, you're sort of still getting acclimated to the speed of the game um, and the offense. But, you know, I think what they were looking for was that, you know, that ownership, ownership of the the mediocre results for the offense. And they have been mediocre. So, you know, it is still on Zach to figure that out um, over time. But uh, not going to kill him over that like the beat reporters have. They think, you know, he's young. He's young. He's going to learn sort of how to be professional how to respond a little bit better to those questions so that people feel a little more confident. All right. Now, uh, you know, enough about Zach in the game. I think we'll start looking ahead, um, you know, but I just wanted to first get into our next segment here, which is called Some Gas, Some Break. And in this segment, we gas some guys up who played good, and we pump the brakes on some guys who maybe didn't play quite as good as we expected or even, you know, full units that just kind of fell flat in their face. So we mentioned Zach, you know, we're not going to dive too much more to Zach, but one of my favorite picks, and I said this on Twitter too during the game, my favorite picks, but one of my favorite picks by Joe Douglas in the last two years um, was Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall, you know, has become a legit CB1. That is not a joke. That is not an overstatement. He has locked down good wide receivers this year. Kept guys under 35 yards. Just someone keeps sharing a graphic on Twitter about it. It was a Revis graphic where it showed how many elite receivers Revis locked down in a single season. And they're sort of just swapping in Bryce Hall because why not? This is what we do. But he has done it. He has held receivers that are elite to very minimal stat uh, stat games. And that's impressive for a guy that was picked in the sixth round, I think, uh, something like that. He, he, you know, he had some injuries that hurt his draft stock, but still, it's one of those things where all these teams had an opportunity to scout him, to pick him. Joe Douglas made that pick, so we got to give that one to Joe Douglas. Bryce Hall has been really, really good for us. I think he needs a little bit more help from the pass rush. You know, we're asking him to cover guys for way too long. There's just no pass rush. Um, you know, and I think that's something that'll come next year with the addition, you know, with Lawson coming back, and with hopefully a rookie being added to the mix there. Um, but Bryce Hall has been great. I think I'm, I'm very encouraged by him. He's given up a couple touchdowns, but you know, they're to very good receivers. One was to Brandon cooks against the Texans. One was to Devontae Parker last week against Miami. Um, great receiver. You know, I think it was, it was like a weirdly thrown ball. So it wasn't really even like sort of where Bryce was. Um, Parker made a great play on it. It's going to happen. You know, you're not going to go hundred for hundred. Um, you know, you're going to have, you know, certain mistakes and things like that, but overall, very impressed with Bryce Hall, so we're gassing him up. Uh, Michael Carter, some people were confused as to why I gave him uh, a positive. He sa- said he was one of the positives on Twitter for this game because he did not have a big stat game. He definitely did not put up gaudy numbers like he has in some games. Um, but he's a rookie, and he came out there and showed a little bit of life in- on plays where there was nothing there. And that's why he was a positive for me. That's why we're gassing him up. He was, you know, plays that would have been negative yards. He's turning into plus two two or three, plus four. And that's stuff that keeps your drive alive and gives you more manageable second and third downs. So that's something that we're I was impressed with. I think Michael Carter's the real deal. He's patient. He finds the holes. Um, he can catch the football. You know, I'm very excited about that draft pick. He's been really good so far. And then Pinheiro. So our kicker. 
This is the last person I'll be gassing up this week. But um, we finally are hitting kicks, guys. We're hitting extra points. We're not really holding our breath too much. So that's something that I am definitely going to give uh, some gas to here. So good good job, Pinier. You're four for four. Keep it up. He's not going to be perfect, but he's definitely looking more like a professional kicker than these other guys we've had in this rotation over the last few years. Now some break. So getting to some of the negatives. Do I really even have to say it? The defense? I mean, they are looking just as bad as ever. Uh, against the Saints, I, they actually didn't play as bad as maybe the stat sheet looks. They had, you know, one Taysom Hill run that kind of skewed the stat uh, sheet a little bit. Beyond that, they actually had a decent game. If we had played a good game on offense, that was a winnable game. Um, turned into not <laughs> a good-looking score, but um, we were in that game for a while. And that was partly because of them. But against Miami, they were just bad. They were just bad. They got run all over Miami. I didn't even average 100 yards a game on the, on the ground. And they went for well over 100 against us. So that's totally on the defense. They got to figure out how to stop the run. So strange because the Jets defense has been so good at stopping the run for however many years I can remember. And suddenly we just can't stop the run. And a lot of it is tackling. You know, you're seeing these these running backs like Duke Johnson was just bouncing off of our guys. It was like a, we're going for these hits, not wrapping up. Um, and that's something I tweeted today. It was like Kyle Hamilton, who's on Notre Dame, not a big fan of drafting a safety in this draft with the position we're in, but he has ex- insanely elite tackling ability. He wraps up, he gets the guys to the ground. That's something that I think we miss a little bit about some of you know, the guys that we've lost over the last few years, like Jamal Adams, who was wrapping up guys constantly. Don't, don't want Jamal, Jamal Adams back on this roster, but you know, it's one of those things that we're seeing is a glaring issue right now. We're trying to lay these these big hits, and our guys are just bouncing off these running backs who are probably stronger than the guys that are hitting them. So defense obviously struggled again. Uh, the pass rush, which is part of the defense, obviously, really non-existent. We're just not getting the quarterback on the ground. I mean, Tua, you know, it was sort of like this idea of, like, make him move from his first read and sort of help panic which happened in the first half, but then he started to get used to it. He started to figure it out and make plays, and we just were not getting to him. Every team that plays this, you know, dink and dunk, throw it quickly game with us kills us. So, you know, we we need some speed off the edge. We need to get guys back next year like Carl Lawson who can actually get to the quarterback consistently. Um, We have some guys who are doing it here and there, but it's just not enough. You know, it's one of the worst pass rushes I've seen from this team in a long time. All right, so who else are we putting the brake on here? Pumping the brake is our <laughs> our backup. So I mentioned this. Like, obviously, teams deal with injuries. You know, we are dealing with it right now. It's the end of the season. You know, we're, we're more than 80% of the way here. Um, you know, and we're, we got guys out there who shouldn't really be out there. They, you know, for most NFL teams, they wouldn't even be on the roster. But in a, in a bottom five roster, you, you can get these guys that slip through. Somebody gets hurt. George Font was hurt last week. You know, we got guys in there, Connor McDermott, I think, um, and and just cannot, just cannot block. So it's like a revolving door. It was pretty ugly to watch. And then you have the backup wide receivers, uh, Keelan Cole dropping passes every single week. I mean, this guy is definitely underperforming what we thought we were getting from him uh, as a free agent. When we signed him this offseason, he's just not been good. He's not been good. He's not good enough depth for us. We need to go sign better depth. Um, Denzel Mims as well has just been just bad. You know, I think this was an opportunity for him to make some plays. Um, there was a couple balls that threw to him and they were not good throws. Um, 
you know, but you'd still like to see him get more involved and he's just not getting involved. Um, so overall right now, I think Braxton Barrios is the most consistent, strong wide receiver we've had outside of the guys that were missing like Elijah Moore. Um, but you know, we gotta be better than that. Braxton Barrios is really a special teamer and kind of a gadget guy. Um, he's not a Wes Welker. He's not that good. I mean, he's, he's good enough to make plays, but, um, you know, he doesn't have elite speed. He doesn't have these things that, you know, these other teams like the chiefs have and like a Tyree kill. Um, you know, so Braxton Berrios, he's overperforming what we expect from him, but it's not enough to beat teams. We need more than just a guy who can overperform. We need guys that are, you know, elite at the position and have solid, solid quality depth. So our backups, definitely an area where we need to improve. All right. Now moving on to a new segment that I'm creating called they've got potential and we're calling it this because jet fans the, our favorite thing is to talk about how much potential this team has or this roster has in the offseason and all these guys we add and we're like wow like we could outperform we're gonna we're gonna shock the world this year like they're not gonna see us coming and this is sort of the talk we get every single year with this roster and you know so this segment is called they've got potential so it's going to be sort of a, a positive look here. So, what, you know, what's ahead? What can we do to make this roster a little bit better? And what sort of opportunities does Joe Douglas have to do that? So, you know, uh, coming up on Sunday, we have the Jaguars. So it's kind of the battle for the number two overall pick. I think if we lose the game, we actually could get the number two overall pick because the Jags are ahead of us there. That's what I saw somebody post. Um, you know, it's a chance to go get Aiden Hutchinson or, or Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, these guys are elite pass rushers. They're guys that could come in bookend with Carl Lawson and wreak havoc every single week where they're talking about us in the broadcast. And, you know, and, and like the, the Jets have one of the most elite run, you know, I mean, a pass uh, rushing duos here. Um, so that's something that, that matters. I'm not saying I want us to lose on Sunday, um, but I wouldn't mind getting one of those guys. Um, definitely difference makers. We seem to miss out on them every single time. Uh, we are just one, usually one draft pick too far back or whatever it is, you know, we miss out on like a Bosa or, you know, some of these guys. So wouldn't mind getting one of those two guys. Um, then also I ran a poll on Twitter um, sort of to get into what we think the biggest um, needs are um, for, you know, for us coming up in that round one uh, scenario. So basically said, pick your round one dream scenario. And it was really close. Actually, we had, for a while, uh, edge and wide receiver was winning. Um, so pick that first pick edge, second pick wide receiver. Um, and then it actually ended up getting barely beat by uh, edge and O-line. So I just want to mention that I don't agree with that. I think uh, if it were me, it's edge and wide receiver. If you're going to ask me what is my ideal scenario, because I think edge is a, is a no-brainer. That was the top answer um, among all, all the votes. Um, but wide receiver to me, we just don't have the depth. We need guys that can be opposite Elijah Moore um, and complement uh, him in terms of being a burner. Um, so that's why I love a player like uh, Jamison Williams out of uh, Alabama. Go watch his highlight tape. I posted it on the Jet Up Pod Twitter. Um, the dude is, he's elite speed. I mean, he, he can be 10 yards, you know, catching the ball with ten, the, the defenders 10 yards more down the field and ends up beating the defender. Um, anyway, and it's just one of those things where he has that elite speed. He, he can go in and be a game changer, a difference maker. We do not have that. 
Elijah Moore is a Swiss army knife. Corey Davis is sort of a high point the ball, you know, win the 50-50 balls. You know, we need a burner. And, and Jameson Williams, to me, is that guy. Him or an Olave type. If they're there with our pick, I'm definitely okay taking one of those guys. I think, you know, we would be very happy with our unit if we had one of them. Uh, you know, outside of that, I think O-line's not a bad idea. You know, I wouldn't hate it. Um, at the same time, I don't, like I said, I don't think our O-line, our starting O-line is as bad as people think it is. You know, like I mentioned, we were set, we're 17th right now in pass blocking. It's middle of the pack. You know, I think we can just improve that a little bit with some signings in the offseason or a second or a third rounder. Um, you know, so I'm okay with going more of that high upside playmaker. You see what the Bengals did with, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking, Jamar Chase. Um, and he has been a difference maker. I mean, he he goes out there, they decided to, to forego that O-line pick. Um, you know, you can argue about that a little bit, but he's made a big difference. You know, so, you know, pair your young quarterback with elite speed at the wide receiver position is my opinion. And then you have DBs, um, you know, some of these guys, Derek Stingley Jr. and uh, Kyle Hamilton, both probably be okay with either one. But at the same time, I think the needs are higher uh, to find elite playmakers like a wide receiver. All right. And now into our next segment. We're almost there, folks. We're going to land the plane soon. But uh, we're calling it Twitter Talk. So we had a couple popular tweets this past week. Um, and <laughs> I'm just going to read them off. And, and one, uh, the one that got the most, uh, most attention, I'd actually had a reply from one of the jet beat reporters and then from also from, uh, Leger Doosable, um, who was formerly on the jets. Um, it, the tweet was the issue we are trying, the issue is we are trying to turn Zach Wilson into Jimmy Garoppolo when he was billed as the next Aaron Rodgers. Zach is a balls to the wall, sling it and pray for forgiveness later QB. Not a check down Mac Jones clone. Let the kid loose. And I understand Jimmy Garoppolo. Some of the, you know, he's a better quarterback than Zach Wilson right now. So I'm not knocking Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm not saying Zach Wilson is Aaron Rodgers 2.0. What I'm saying is he was billed as Aaron Rodgers 2.0 based on his arm talent. And my point there was if this guy has the same skill set, as an Aaron Rodgers type, we shouldn't be trying to turn him into a guy that just checks the ball down constantly throughout the game. There are always going to be opportunities to check the ball down. That is not what I'm, I'm not saying remove that from your game. I'm not saying never do it. There is a lot of good times where it makes sense to check the ball down. But Zach's average air yards per target last week were like 2.8. Okay, that's just that's not who he is as a quarterback. He he needs to be able to to let loose a little bit. And I'm hoping that we don't try to just turn him into a guy that just constantly checks the ball down like a Mac Jones, um, who has had a good year, but he's in a much better situation. And Zach is not him. We can't make him play the same way. So you have to play to the player's strengths. I think there's always going to be room for checking the ball down. And that's why you have a Michael Carter. But we need to go get this guy some elite speed with a wide receiver. And then you have Elijah Moore and you have Corey Davis. And let's get this kid a tight end and let him sling it around the field, man. Let him throw down the field. You watch a Packers game. Aaron Rodgers is not checking the ball down 50 times a game. It's a few times. The rest of the time, he's slinging it all over the field on post routes. 
you know, the corner outs, you know, deep outs. It, it's, it's one of those things where I think we just need to let the kid a little bit more loose. I think he's thinking too much. He's not playing as fluid as he did in college, hoping it comes with time. I'm hoping that we don't just box him in and make him throw the ball short every single play. And then the other tweet we had, and this is sort of goes back to Jet fans having sort of unrealistic expectations, um, but I said, y'all better forget about the Devontae Adams to the Jets hope. Not going to happen. And this is just, to me, it's, it's Jets being optimistic, wanting a playmaker, seeing he's a free agent, you know, going and doing jersey swaps with Photoshop and throwing it up and being all excited and like, we're going to go get this guy. We have the money to do it. Why not? But then you forget, you know, we are not a good team right now. And a player like that is looking to win a Super Bowl. You know, he's in the part of his career where he's not just looking to make money. He's going to make great money no matter where he goes. And he's probably going to choose a place that has an elite quarterback talent. Zach Wilson at this point has not proved that. And the Jets themselves have certainly not proved that. Devontae Adams will not be choosing the New York Jets in the offseason. More than likely, he'll get franchise tagged. Or him and Rodgers will go pair up and go somewhere else to win a championship. So get that one off. Get that one off your list of hopefuls. And that's it for Twitter Talk. So we're just going to jump into our final segment here called Flying Forward. We're going to preview the Jets-Jags game. Um, so as everybody in the world knows, Urban Meyer was fired. Um, he had a really, really bad season with the Jaguars. Uh, had, you know, just dealt with the media horribly. Um, always looked like he had a sourpuss face. Not shocking that he was canned. Um, so he's out. Uh, the Jags, you know, are also working with a difficult situation with a rookie quarterback, but a guy that was looked at as a generational talent, a can't-miss prospect, an Andrew Luck, and he's definitely not playing like it, um, and it's not being recognized by most of the media or not being cared about, I should say. If he was in New York, he would be getting roasted, toasted, and you know, shoved in the oven at this point. I mean, it, it, he is playing really bad football. Um, at the same time, I think his completion percentage is better than Zach. Um, he is taking more shots all over the field. Um, occasionally, they're playing more competitive football, but it's, it's nothing to get excited about yet. I think he's he's going to be okay probably over time, but the, he landed in a horrible situation too, just like Zach. Um, he does play a really not good Jets team on Sunday, so it's an opportunity for him to play really well. Um, but my fingers are crossed that we're going to lock down they're somewhat mediocre receiving core uh, and not allow Trevor Lawrence to really light us up. Now, as much as I want better draft position, I'm a Jet fan first and foremost, and I'm not going to root for them to lose on Sunday. I'm done doing that. That's prior years when we had no hope, uh, no young future, um, you know, but I think now I want to see us put out a competitive product. It's also between Zach and between Trevor. It's the race to three career wins. Both of them only have two career wins. Um, so I'd like to see Zach get it first, especially since they went one, two in the draft. It'd be nice to get uh, some sort of uh, advantage there over uh, the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence, because we were very upset when we lost him last year, um, you know, in terms of not being able to get first rights to him. So, would like to see Zach outplay him, go out there, get his third win. Uh, I'm predicting the Jets win 17-9. to I don't think it's going to be high scoring. I think both quarterbacks are going to struggle a little bit. I'm um, just hoping Zach struggles a little bit less, shows more progress, continues to open up the field a little bit more. Um, you know, uh, 
Trevor, Trevor's a great talent. And, you know, so is Justin Fields. So are these other quarterbacks that are struggling right now in the league. You know, these guys have insane uh, football talent. They're, they're really good quarterbacks. But the NFL is another animal. You know, it takes time. And, you know, I want to make sure that we don't overreact. You know, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to end up being okay. Might not be on the Jaguars, but he's going to end up having an okay career or a really good career. And I think Zach, it's just too early to write his story. You know, he also has insane arm talent, just has to fix some of those little things and has to be play a little bit more loose, a little bit more fluid. All things that are doable. Um, you know, let's get the kids some more weapons in the offseason. Let's finish strong. And we have a tough remaining schedule. You know, the Jaguars are not good, but we then we play the Tampa Bay Bucks. And there's still another week after that, so they're probably not resting their starters. So we're playing Buffalo. And Buffalo right now is sort of in the playoff race. There's nothing guaranteed for them with the Patriots the way they've played this year. Um, you know, Buffalo's going to be coming out trying to win that game. You know, so I think it's going to be a tough end to the season. Um, but Christmas is this week. Hope you all enjoy your Christmas. Hope we beat the Jaguars. And that we finish strong in January to what has been a very tough season. So enjoy it. Enjoy the holidays, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Jet Up podcast. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Jet Up. Remember to go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Jet Up Pod. This episode was brought to you by Roster Up Media, where football meets data. Head to rosterupmedia.com for more great NFL content.